Our scripture today comes from the book of Ruth, the first chapter, the first 18 verses. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem in Judah went to live in the country of Moab, he and his wife and two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi, and the names of their two sons were Malan and Chilion. They were Ephratites from Bethlehem in Judah. They went into the country of Moab and remained there. But Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died, and she was left with her two sons. These took Moabite wives. The name of one was Orpah, and the name of the other, Ruth. When they had lived there about ten years, both Malan and Chilion died, so that the women were left without her two sons and her husband. Then she started to return with her daughters-in-law from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had considered his people and given them food. So she set out from the place where she had been living, she and her two daughters-in-law, and they went on their way to go back to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's house, and may the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. May the Lord grant that you may find security, each of you, in the house of your husband. Then she kissed them, and they wept aloud. They said to her, No, we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Do I still have son, sons in my wombs that they may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. Even if I thought there was hope for me, even if I should have a husband tonight and bear sons, would you then wait until they were grown? Would you then refrain from marrying? That's a joke, by the way. You should all be laughing. <laughs> no, my daughters, it has been far more better for me than for you because of the hand of the Lord has turned against me. Then they wept out aloud again. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law and Ruth clung to her. So she said, See, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Do not press me to leave you or turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. For your people shall be my people and your God my God. Where you die, I will die. There I will be buried. May the Lord do thus and so to me and more as well. If even death parts me from you. When Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more to her. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Send your word, O Lord, like... may be seated. Yesterday morning did not start off very well for me. Let me tell you. Most Saturday mornings I have gotten into the routine of waking up and going out to one of the parks uh, around the area and I'll go play disc golf. And so I meet a group of buddies, and we go, and we have fun, and, you know, yesterday, first off, I should have known it was going to be a bad day as soon as I walked outside, and it was really cold. And so 
we got to the park, and I, I've played this course numerous times. And actually, m the best I've ever done is at this course in Kalira. And so we go about the, our round, and we're playing, and let me tell you, it was really bad. Like, really bad. Because I, for whatever reason, I don't know if it was the wind, I don't know what, it was go what was going on, but I could not throw the disc to save my life. I would either throw it where it went into the ground too early, or it would go off into the road or something, which is a big no-no. Uh, that's an out-of-bounds. And so, I, being that, I, I get a little competitive, and being that uh, some of my friends were doing a little bit better than I was, I was pretty irritated. I was irritated, and when I become irritated, right, I'm kind of hard to handle. Um, because it doesn't matter what a person says to me, especially in competition, like, it just irks me, and I become even more of a pill than I already am in that moment. And so I'm sitting there because, like I said, I know I can play better than I did. I know that uh, the way in which I'm playing in this moment is not my actual ability. Um, or I'm also maybe uh, grieving that for whatever reason, it, it might not just be that I've played bad today, but maybe I've regressed in my uh, disc golf playing ability. I, I don't really know. I'm trying to figure that out still, and I'll keep everybody up to date. But nonetheless, I was irritated. I was angry. Uh, but having to live in this tension in that moment, right? I, I was angry, I was irritated, I was grieving uh, the ability that in my head I thought I had. And having to kind of deal with those emotions and try to get to this optimism, this hope. Uh, because, I mean, you can do bad on one hole and then go to the next hole and turn it around even though yesterday that was not the case for me. Uh, but living in this tension of, of how to deal with these emotions, this anger, because a lot of times when we become angry, when, when we're grieving, when we're down, we, we try to convince ourselves that we need to uh, get out of it, right? That these emotions that we are feeling in this moment that they're not the emotions that we should be feeling. We, we want to go towards joy. We want to go towards happiness. We want to go towards optimism and hope. And in a, in a world that, that we live in, sometimes uh, it, it's hard to find that hope and that joy at times, right? Where we hear all of the divisiveness uh, in our world, when we hear people who have differing opinions, uh, whether it be about sporting teams, politics, uh, how to parent your, your kid, uh, relationships. We, we go through these emotions and we get irritated for whatever reason or angry for whatever the situation is. And we try to, try to get ourselves out of it. Or we, we try to uh, get our friends and family out of those moods, right? We try to get them out of those moments of grieving. Because we always want to err on this idea of joy, of happiness. Because that's, that's what life's about, right? Like, we want that joy and that happiness. But I wonder, what if we stayed in that tension a little longer? What if we didn't try to jump out of those moments of grief, those moments of anger and irritation, 
And we stayed in that tension a little bit more. Today, our, our scripture reading is from the, the book of Ruth, right? And when we think about the book of Ruth, we think it's obviously about Ruth, right? Come on, it's named after her. Well, this week I uh, was listening to Pastor Dale as, as he was preaching um, during chapel, and one of the things that stood out that I, I've probably heard numerous times, but I hadn't really thought about it uh, past each of those times, was he made the comment that this story, let's not think about it as Ruth's story, but rather let's think about it as Naomi's story. And as you go through the rest of the story, you see how this very well is about Naomi more than it is about Ruth. And it starts off by, by sharing, right, that her and her husband have left because of a famine, and they have gone to this, this area that is very different from where they are from. They, they are now refugees in, in unknown territory. And, and so they go, and in those, that time while they are there, their sons marry two girls that are from this area. All right, things are okay right now. But then we hear how Naomi's father passes away. Not father, husband. Let's try that again. How her husband passes away. And so they're adjusting to, you know, this life, right? It was the six of them, now it's the five of them, and so they're adjusting to this life. And then, all of a sudden, her two sons now have passed away. And so... She is uh, with this community, uh, right, that she is not from originally in, in Moab. And, and these two uh, women that her sons have married are from this area. But the community of three of them, she decides that, okay, it's time for me to go back to where I have come from, to go back to Judah. And at first we kind of think, okay, well, the daughter-in-laws are, are probably going to go with her because, you know, they want to make sure that Naomi's okay and, and to take care of her. And Naomi kind of gives them an out, right, where she says, okay, y'all don't come with me. This is not right for y'all. And, and one of them, let's be honest, she's like, peace out, see you later. <laughs> Didn't take her long to, to say, I'll stay right here where I'm from, where I know. And then we have Ruth. We have Ruth who kind of doesn't listen, I guess is the, the best way, to what her mother-in-law wants. Uh, and even has this nice, uh, this nice um, dialogue with her uh, where she says, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with you. I'm going to go wherever you are. But what's interesting in all of this, rather than Naomi being excited and thankful that Ruth has decided to go on this journey with her, in verse 18, it says, When Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more. And so it's almost like on this journey, Naomi's like, Okay, fine, you can go with me, but I'm... I, I got no reason to talk to you. 
Because Naomi was in a place of anger, in a place of grief. And, and I'm sure part of it was the fact that these daughter-in-laws reminded her of her sons that were no longer there. These daughter-in-laws reminded about the, the memories and, and the fact that her, her two boys and her uh, husband, who were once there with her, are no longer there. And so they go. And they go with not really much interaction, it sounds like. But as the uh, scripture continues on past this verse, and, and they get to, to Judah, where uh, Naomi is from, you know, all of these people there are just so excited, right? They're like, oh, it's Naomi. How can it be? We're so happy that you are back. And she says, don't call me that. I'm a bitter woman. And she then tells them to call her Mara instead. So Naomi is in this place of grief and anger. It's very evident. Um, she's in this place of grief. She's in this place of uh, just not looking towards hope and love and joy. But in those moments where she is in this tension, right, that, that we all experience in life because life is a, a roller coaster ride of highs and lows. In this moment, no one, no one is really trying to convince her to get out of it, right? Like, we don't hear any talk back from Ruth in, in their journey where she's like, hey, you've got to snap out of this, this mood that you're in. Rather, they, they seem to have walked in the silence and to experience that emotion, that grief. So much so where she was still bitter when she got there. I know in moments uh, in which I am irritated, angry, grieving, uh, people always want to uh, to come up and say, how are you doing, right? Like, just look at the bright side, this and that. And and a lot of times when people come up to me, especially um, if it's not, well, even if it is uh, my wife, I, I sit there and I'm like, I don't really want to hear this. And it just, it then turns me to being even more irritated. And I'm almost irritated because I stay in this emotion, too. Because what I've always heard and what we try to, uh, to show and to preach is to, uh, to live in that happiness and that love and to work towards getting there and, and to grow out of the darkness, out of the sadness, to grow in our faith and our understanding and who we are. And that's great. It is important to grow out of those moments of grieving and sadness. But I think we grow incredibly more when we stay in that tension. Where we don't try to rush out of those moments of grief and those moments of anger. But rather we live in the tension and in the fullness of who God created us and who we are 
in our moments of grief and anger and irritation. About a year ago, I had the, uh, the opportunity, thanks to uh, my wife, to watch a movie uh, that was done by Disney that uh, was called Inside Out, right? So I don't know how many of you have seen that movie. It's a great movie. I highly recommend it. Um, but the premise of it is that there are all of these emotions that are inside of this, this girl's head, right? That she is a, a teenager, I think, at this point, and so they are kind of like running and running her decisions and her memories and helping her kind of experience life. You have joy, you have uh, sadness, you have uh, envy, anger, and there are probably some others, but... Um, these emotions then are, are kind of doing their thing, they're letting her experience, and, and they get little memories, right? And these memories turn to the color in which the emotion is, right? So if the memory, uh, if it is a memory of joy, it turns to this yellow color, just like joy does. And, and joy is kind of the leader of this group, right, at the very beginning of the movie, where there are a couple of handful of memories that are called core memories, right? Like those are the ones that, that this girl holds on to a little bit more than maybe some others. And Joy's purpose in her mind is to make sure that all of those core memories give joy. Because she wants this little girl to be nothing but joyful in everything she does. And she wants that joy to be what she holds on to. Well, sadness accidentally touches something or knocks something off, and then all of a sudden, one of these core memories goes to blue. And so now she has this core memory of sadness. And Joy is freaking out about this because she doesn't want her to have any sadness in her life. She wants it to be all the happy and joy and so then they are trying to fix this, and they get kicked out of, of kind of like the brain motherboard area. And they go on this adventure, sadness and joy, trying to, to figure out how to make these emotions, these core memories, be joyous ones. And in their adventure, joy, her eyes are opened, and she learns that in order to fill the to 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 understand and, and to live a, a fulfilled life, that it's important that this little girl experience sadness, anger, even in those core moments, with joy as well. That these emotions continue to mold this girl even though those memories are maybe not considered memories of, of emotion that we want to hold on to, but the growth comes from feeling and remembering and, and growing and feeling that full realm of emotion that God has created us to be able to feel and live. God is continually working in our lives, even in those moments of grieving, of anger, of irritation. 
We see that, right, with Naomi. Ruth did not have to go with her. Ruth could have let her just make this journey on her own. And Ruth was going to a place that she was not from. She would then become the refugee in this new area. But yet she went. She was present. God was still at work in that moment. In October of uh, 2018, uh, my grandmother was declining in health. Uh, this was my dad's mom. And this was really the first grandparent that I had experienced uh, passing away and, and declining in, in her old age and in her health. Um, and so I was able to come up on that Monday, get to see her. She was at the hospital, kind of get to be in that presence, even though she was unresponsive. The next day, um, my mom, she texted me and said that Grandma had passed away, which wasn't anything crazy. Uh, I mean, we kind of knew it was coming. But being that it was the first time that I had really experienced uh, the loss of a grandparent, it, it was a little hard, right? Like, I didn't really know what I'm supposed to do or how I'm supposed to feel. And so I'm going through these emotions, trying to figure it out. And, and I was at uh, Lynette, my, my prior appointment at this time. And one of the things that I, I like to do when I was there is every hour or so I would stand up and they had this really big sanctuary that I could walk and do kind of like a figure eight thing just to, to get up, get moving. And so it was also a, a time where I was able to process things that were going on just to kind of get away from my desk walk around, uh, be in whatever was going through my mind. Well, I would go and I would do that, and I was in these emotions, and people would constantly, when they see, saw me, whether it be some of the staff or different church members that would come in, uh, out of their compassion, out of their love, they would ask, are you okay? And I appreciated the, the, the desire to be there, the desire um, to give me a shoulder or a person to process what's going on. But it kind of irritated me, like I said earlier, that everybody was asking me, and, and I didn't know how to answer it either. I needed to be in those emotions. And so I was in those emotions, just trying to kind of figure out what's going on, um, how to deal with the loss that had happened in our family. And I remember looking at my phone, and I had this, um, this message on, on Facebook. And it was really weird, because I looked at uh, who the message was from, and it, it was from um, someone who I, I didn't really know. Um, really, when I first saw the name, it, it was two names of some... Uh, people who I was in youth with, and I'm like, what, is this a prank or something? I got a first name and a last name of two people I was in, they just like mash it up, and somebody's trying to mess with me in this moment. And so I looked, and I was like, oh, I know that person. Where do I know him from? And it had been someone that I had met uh, a year prior. And so we began messaging back and forth, and, th and this person, um, she was a missionary, 
And so, I'll be honest, as she was reaching out to me, uh, I really thought, well, when's she going to ask for some money or for some support or, you know. And so after like a day or so, I untactfully said, so, how can the church uh, support you and your ministry and, and what you're doing? And her answer um, kind of caught me off guard a little bit. said, uh, oh, just prayer. I was like, huh, that's not what I expected. Uh, but it was great conversation, and, and this person uh, in that moment did not know that my grandmother had passed away and was able to continue to be a person that I, I would talk to and eventually telling her uh, what did transpire hours before she reached out. And uh, just having conversation. It was a nice refresher because it was someone who was not trying to bring me up. It was not someone who was trying to change my mood, mostly because she didn't know what kind of mood I was in, right? Like, she did not have the knowledge. Hmm. Um, well, that, that girl, uh, she ended up becoming my wife. <laughs> in that moment of grieving, my loss, feeling those emotions, God was at work. I just didn't realize it. I didn't realize it until years later. And that experience of grief, that experience of, of being in that moment has helped me in my ministry And so what if we stayed in that tension and experienced those full realm of emotions that God has created us to have and not be so worried about making sure all of our emotions and memories are of joy and happiness, but taking those emotions of sadness, of anger, of grief and living in those emotions just as Naomi did so that we may grow in our faith and continue to live in the fullness of who God has created us to be. Let us pray. Almighty and gracious God, Lord, we just thank you for the ways in which you have created us you have created us to be people who feel joy, but also people who feel anger and grief and sadness. And we thank you. And so we ask, Lord, that you continue to guide us so that we may be in those moments of grief and of anger and sadness. And that we may experience the full realm of who you have created us to be. And acknowledge in each of those, those emotions and in every moment. No matter how we feel, you are at work. That you are at work in our lives. And so we are thankful. In your son's name we pray. Amen.